What's up, peeps? I'm Mike. And I'm Matt. And we are the Pink Gold Peeps, a podcast about 220-somethings talking all things Nintendo and all things video games in general, but mainly Nintendo. How are you doing, Matt? I am doing terrific. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's been a little hectic week. I mean, I'm sure you're feeling it too, but we're actually kind of probably both doing it for the same reason. So uh, what's going on in your life, Matt? Yeah, it's pretty hectic. I am enjoying life with my buddies here right now. We are um, in what our school calls senior week because school is over and we're just hanging out, laying around, waiting to graduate right now. And it's been it's been pretty chill. It's been pretty relaxed. We've been having a great time. And I, on the other hand, have to plan because I'm actually coming up for Matt's graduation. Yes, he is. Just to see me. Yeah, that's definitely the reason. It's just to see Matt. While I'm planning to go and just see Matt, yeah, I've been trying to catch up on some work around the house and stuff before <laughs> I leave for a weekend, so trying to take care of all that. But right. still, I get time to play video games. We always have time to play video games. There's always some time. And that's, you know, the beauty of the Switch. You have 15 minutes, you can you can play a game for 15 minutes. It's wonderful. But let's not talk about the Switch. We know it's awesome. Matt, what have you been playing? What have I been playing? Well, this week, I have... Had a little bit more time than usual, so I've been using this week to kind of catch up on a bunch of games that I have, like, half-finished. So I played a bit of Blossom Tales, I played a bit of God of War, but I really played, and it came out yesterday, so it's kind of upsetting how much of this game that I played, but I played about six and a half hours so far of Wizard of Legend, which came out yesterday, which is a roguelike dungeon crawler kind of game where you go through, you are this wizard who wants to be like one of the very best wizards ever. So you go through these things called the chaos trials and you get all these different kinds of spells to do your best in these tests. And there's like three worlds, quote unquote, that you do. And there's a boss of a certain element at the end of each world. And if you can get to the end, then you win the game. However, it is so impossible that every time you die, of course, like a roguelike, you have to go back to the beginning. And it is, it's so hard that by myself, I've only made it to the second level. And with my roommate, I have made it past the first boss into the first level of the second world. It's really hard, but a lot of fun. And there's so much variety in the gameplay and stuff that it, it just makes you keep coming back. Interesting. I, I was reading reviews about this game, and a lot of people seem to say that, like, I mean, obviously... There's a lot of roguelike games on the Switch. So Matt, if I had to, if you you told me, I'm saying, you know, I'm thinking about picking up a roguelike game on the Switch. Why should be this be the game I pick? I would say this should be the game that you can pick because of its co-op. I was having a really good time by myself because there is a lot of different spells you can choose from. And I think there's over 100 spells in the game. And I think I've used at least 30 of them now. They all work differently. Like there's no two that I've found anyway that work exactly the same, which I think is really cool. And there's so much variety. But then there's co-op. And me and my roommate started playing. I think I've played several, at least for two of those six and a half hours, I've played with my roommate. And it is so much fun to go through it with another person because I can see like him discover things and I discover things and we have like close calls and stuff together. And it's just more fun together. And all, at least off the top of my head, I can't think of another roguelike on the Switch where you can do that. And also, I haven't tried it yet, but there's also a versus mode. So you can make up your own loadouts for all the stuff and you can battle your friends. Okay, that's cool. I uh, I was reading a review and they actually had said that they're like, honestly, the only reason like to really pick up this game is the fact that the co-op is really fun and really cool. And it's kind of the only one on the Switch that does this. So I'm happy that you're enjoying it. I mean, you are enjoying it in single player mode, but... Really, you're saying like the calling of the game is, is multiplayer. Right. It is It is still a good time in single-player mode, specifically because a, a round will take, depending on how powerful you are, five minutes to an hour. 
But I mean, because I keep dying pretty early on, my rounds have taken 20 minutes at the most. So it really doesn't take that long to go through a run. Okay, cool. I, uh, is it only two-player co-op? It is only two-player co-op, but it goes so fast that I can't see why you couldn't switch off. Awesome. Well, I mean, I'm happy that, well, two-player co-op, when you're finally back home, you can bring it over and we can play together. Exactly. Awesome. What about you? How's it going? What have you been playing? So last week I talked a lot about Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze, and this week I finished it. If you heard our last week's discussion, you know, Donkey Kong Country is a 2D platformer. It's a lot of fun. It's pretty difficult, but I focused, and I told you this, Matt, on getting all the Kong letters in each level. So these are things that are hard to find, but not impossible. It's more like a platforming challenge. Those those will give you, if you get all them in a world, a secret level. That's usually really hard. If you beat all all the secret levels in the six worlds in the game, and you beat the final boss of the game, who, by the way, was a pain. I was so aggravated. And then I was like playing it kind of absentmindedly and and beat him. And I was like, I don't know what happened. (laughs) But uh, if you do all of that, you get access to a, a secret world, which doesn't have a lot of levels. And the levels are, they're really actually like, they're really interesting and they do fun things, which I'm almost bummed about because I feel like there are a lot of people who will not see these mechanics that they use in these levels. And it's not like they're easy levels. They are not easy levels. They're probably the levels I took the most time on. They just do kind of fun things that nothing else has done. And I think the reason that they're locked behind these is just that there's no, there's no easy way to get through these kinds of things. Like, for example, like, at one point, at one point you crash through a wall, right? And you're falling, so you have, like, fall mechanics. So, like, if you jump, you'll jump higher than you usually do, and you'll fall slower. And there's blocks that are falling down and falling past you. So you basically have to, like, jump from block to block in the air as they're falling. Which is really cool, and it's, like, it's simple. But I could also understand why they don't put that level early on, because it was, you know, at, by that point, you're good enough at the game that, you know, you're you're doing okay. But like a lot of the harder things to do in these levels would be even harder if you hadn't beaten those super secret Kong levels. Right. And at, the, at that point, in my opinion, at least comes the idea of like, you've been doing so much and you've been trying to accomplish so much to get to that point that... If the level isn't fun and challenging, then it almost wasn't worth it. So in my opinion, at least when you make a game like that and you put those secret levels in there, the secret levels should be some of the coolest levels or the most fun levels in the game. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm very happy that these levels were hard and fun and did things differently than other levels. But I was like, I I feel bad. But at the same time, I'm like, listen, this is a reason to complete this game. Now my little 100% looks very pretty and I... I unlocked hard mode, which is you can't get friends, so you can't get Cranky Kong, Diddy Kong, or Dixie Kong, and you only have one health, so I will not be playing it. Yeah, sounds like hell. It sounds just the worst. And no one likes the worst, unless you're a glutton for punishment. Hashtag Dark Souls. Exactly. But how about um, Funky? Have you tried Funky? I haven't started playing, so what I did is, you know, I've been playing a lot of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I beat it in about a week. So I'm going to take a second. So I took a break from it just because I spent so much time on it. Now I'm going to play some other things. I'm going to play some Stardew Valley, which is what I've been playing recently. Cool. Uh, I might play a little bit of Skyrim, as much as you don't like that. I mean, you got to try and it. And then, uh, <laughs> but then I'm probably going to, probably in a few months, I'm going to come back to this. Like, this is one of those games like Mario Odyssey and Zelda Breath of the Wild that, like, I've completed and I'm done with, but they're on, like, I have a pile of games that I'm like, I want to play through these games. Those are ones that I'm like, they're kind of still in that pile because I want to play through them again. 
Right. And Donkey Kong Country to- Tropical Freeze will be a good one to play through that won't take me super long because I just want to play it as Funky Kong. Right, yeah. And I mean, like, you can always go back to it, so. Exactly. And Funky Kong won't take you that long. No, he won't. I mean, I've played, like, three levels with him, and I'm like, when you're not looking for the Kong letters in these levels. They're really you short, do really. Right? I mean, the levels are, yeah, the, the levels are hard, but they're short. It's like. So it's like. I remember when my friends and I played through Super Mario 3D World on the Wii U, and we did the same thing because we went through the game looking for all the green stars and all the special stuff, but then we had to go back and do it and just get the very top of the flagpole to turn it gold. And when you run through it not worrying about everything, the levels are really short. Yeah, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it, it'll be cool to play through it as Funky Kong because then I'll really feel cool. Right. Like, look I, at me hopping through everything. I think that goes to show just how much detail is in the levels of games like this because you can go through it and miss all of this stuff that you only see because you're looking for those Kong letters. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like Retro has been really good about that with these games. There's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of secrets and a lot of cool things to discover despite it being a very short 2D platformer right. game. And I mean, who you knows know? how they'll like, do that in a racing game? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, looking at, uh, yeah, I'm not going to ignore that comment. Um, <laughs> I mean, even in the game, do you know that uh, that Stam- Samus's ship is in the back of one of the levels? Really? No, I did not know that. Yeah, the uh, Samus's ship is crashed in one of the levels in the background. And then the first game, Mr. Game & Watch, is in the back of a level. Like, there's like a, like a robot-themed world. Oh. And he's in the background working on something. Cute, cute. Yeah. But that's what I've been playing. So the next thing we want to talk about is our indie spotlights. So anything related to the world of indies that we want to bring to your attention. Uh, we want to put a quick... I want to tell you a quick story. So last week, Matt and I talked about Blade Strangers. <laughs> and Ma- when we had gotten off, Matt and I were talking about, you know, how funny it is that there's all these weird characters in the game. And Matt had said, you know, at this point, Shovel Knight's probably going to get announced because Shovel Knight's in every indie game. And then the next morning, I'm on my way to work. And Matt, <laughs> what did we see? Shovel Knight is announced for the game. But I'm pretty sure it was like, like in reality, later that night, they put that up. Yeah, <laughs> it might have been up when we were podcasting. We just both yeah, missed it. Yeah, exactly. Because... It was so funny because it, it like went up right after we finished recording last week, and I was like, "Come on!" It was it was great. So I just we wanted to bring your attention to the fact that we we saw Shovel Knight was announced. Well, actually, no, it's not Shovel Knight. It's anatomically correct Shovel Knight, which is kind of terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's interesting for sure. He's big. He looks like which a is buff cool. anime guy. Yeah, I mean, it's an anime game. True. So look for Shovel Knight on Blaine Strangers right. in. Other news, um, last weekend was Bit Summit, which Mike and I were really excited for because we were like, oh boy, so many indie things are coming out and we're going to talk about them. But really, not that, at least not that much that Mike and I are excited about happened. But there's a few little tidbits of information from it that were like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. The first of which is Gun Vault is returning, but not as Gun Vault. It is Luminous Avenger IX and it's Copen which I'm sure Mike is plenty thrilled about. Oh, I'm so excited. So this makes me really excited. Just, I mean, I, I told Matt when I played through Gunvolt, because he had asked me to, that I really enjoyed playing as Gunvolt, but when I played as Copen, I really enjoyed the game a lot more. It was, You know, it's a different kind of game. How you play is different. And I really like the idea of having to dash and move around and do all these kinds of things. It just felt a lot more dynamic to me than, you know, shooting and then holding down on the buzzer to, you know, shock everything that I've tagged. But you didn't dislike Gunvolt, though, did you? No, I didn't dislike Gunvolt, but after, I, I told you this, but I played through, you know, and as there's Striker Gunvolt 2, there's two stories, one for Copa and one for Gunvolt. I played through Gunvolt's story because I just played through the first game, and I played through as Copen, and then there's like a secret ending that you have to do a- after you've beaten the game with both characters. Mm-hmm. 
So I went through and played Gunvolt again, and I was like, wow, I enjoy Copen so much more right. than this. But, well, here's why this excites me, because first of all, it's more Gunvolt. Second of all, they put a new little banner on it called the Gunvolt Saga, which makes me really hopeful that we'll see other games like this about other characters in Gunvolt. Yeah, no, I definitely, I, I do like that, because it's, one thing I really do like about Gunvolt is that even more so than Mega Man games, which they're based on, the the characters, like the enemy characters, are very memorable. I remember being like, oh yeah, there is the the guy who talks like he's in a chat room, and there's the guy who, you know, shoots like armies of cicadas at you, and there's, you know, the two girls that can bring people back to life. Mm-hmm. I, like, I really like all these characters, and they're really interesting, so the idea of saying, hey, you know, eventually we might go back to some of these cool characters right. that we've made. And I mean, as much as I despise him, I really hope that Asimov gets a game. Oh, no, I don't like Asimov. I mean, I don't either, but I think it'd be cool to play as him. I, I would like a prequel game about Asimov. Okay, fine, but only after we get our second Copen-only game. Yeah, I, wait a minute, what? No, I think we need another yes. Gunvolt game. Anyway, <laughs> I do want to bring up one thing. They did show a little bit of footage for it, and it looks like they're using the same engine as they did for the first two Gunvolt games, which means that hopefully this game won't be uh, in development too long. Hopefully. Does, it, does making... it look better, though? Because I assume this one is being made for the Switch, right? I missed it, that announcement. I, I didn't check that either, honestly, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I looked cleaner, but it, I mean, like, one of the enemies they showed looked like the same enemy that we've seen in both games. Gotcha. And, like, that's kind of of, um, I mean, that's industry standard for Mega Man, right? Like, Mega Man 1 through 10 have the, basically the same set of graphics. Right. Yeah. As I much mean, as I'd fair. like to look super clean and pretty, I'm like, does it need to? I- I'd rather more games. I mean, true, <laughs> true. I would also rather more games, but... Um, yes, I just looked it up. It is coming out for the Nintendo Switch later this summer. Wow, later this summer. Later this summer. Oh, it is really a fast turnaround. Yeah. Sweet. So there you go. Um, next up, though, is a little bit more tiny bits of it news. Bloodstained had promised an 8-bit game before the release of the main game, which is coming out uh, later this month, I believe, right? I think so, yeah. So later this month, a bloodstained 8-bit little uh, appetizer for the full game is coming out. And you get to play as four characters in that, which all look different enough. And I watched a trailer for it, and it actually looks like there's a surprising amount of content in it for being a little... I don't know if it's free, but a little 8-bit game before the full game comes out. I don't believe it's free. I think it's 20 bucks if you didn't back. Well... Um, never mind, it is definitely not free. But <laughs> it does look it does look pretty cool. Yeah, it might be the next XCOM, you know? Right. Um because of the fact that it's twenty bucks, I don't know if I'm gonna get it, but it does look cool. Um next up, Banner Saga was announced. The original, the original Banner Saga will be on the Switch May seventeenth. Banner Saga three will be on the Switch in July. Any news on Banner Saga 2? I didn't see any, did you? No. I mean, I don't know a lot about Banner Saga. I know it's a game that I should look into. So when, yeah, I mean, it comes out tomorrow for us. Right. And you so should. I need to look this into This is it. being filmed on uh, May 16th, by the way. You definitely need to, Mike, for you, you definitely need to play 1, 2, and then 3. Because it's like a Telltale game in the sense where decisions you make in the first game will affect the way the story is in the second game okay. but i don't i don't want to leave the impression to you that it is a telltale game because it is not a telltale game yes uh secrets out let me make this clear telltale's a fine company i don't like their games secrets out okay well fine company is a bit of a stretch in my opinion okay. but that, that you know thinking about what i've heard never mind <laughs> Let's let's back up on all of this. Anyway, point is, is I'm I'm excited to try this game out, but I I hope that Banner Saga two will come out at least soon, only because if my effect if my choices in Banner Saga one 
effect Banner Saga 3, I'm pretty sure Banner Saga 2 will have to be played somewhere in the it, middle. Yeah, it's, it's gotta be before Banner Saga 3. And I mean, we might just be stupid and miss the fact that Banner Saga 2 comes out on the same day. I don't think so, but it's possible. But like, let's be honest, Mr. Shovel Knight. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, yeah, exactly. Anyway. <laughs> Alright, uh, one quick other thing I need to talk about, because basically anytime I see the word Hollow Knight on my Twitter feed, I get really excited, because I was like, is it coming out for the Switch yet? And it's not. Not yet. Um, but there was an inner interview recently with the with team cherry games the guys who make uh hollow knight they uh they just wanted to reassure people that it's really close the idea behind it is just that you know they wanted to put a couple extra things in it for the switch version they want to make it super clean they said they're adopting the uh nintendo mantra and the idea that it's better to delay a game and make one really good experience rather than rush a game that is really awful that's fair so i would agree with that they i do too (laughs) and they said you know that it really is like around the corner, but they're not getting a solid release. I, I promise so, it'll be here before your, the end of the summer. I hope so. But there is your like quarterly Mike talks about Hollow Knight and sad because it's not out yet. Yeah, I'm sure discussion. he'll do it again in the next episode or two. But oh, uh, well, real fast, I want to Matt. I want to add a weekly segment. Um, just so everybody knows there is still no F Zero game on the Switch. Really? <laughs> yep. It's right there. All right, I would like to add another weekly say. segment. So everybody knows there is still no Smash news for the Switch. Okay. <laughs> Moving anyway, right along. Yes, the next thing we like to talk about is our quick news and updates. So this is just, you know, anything news-related that we felt was uh, worth it for you guys to hear. So the first one I want to talk about is just if you're interested. You know, E3 is starting to, you know, it's getting closer. So people who work at GameStop will see overnight sometimes that um, SKU numbers or SKUs will be added to their, um, basically their inventory listing. So a SKU number is, it's basically just like an ID number for a product. You know, all companies use these. GameStop will get updated ones with SKU numbers with no name on them. So it's like a game that, you know, is in their system, but hasn't been announced yet. So it's been given a number, but isn't announced. Uh, Last week, 15 SKU numbers were added to Nintendo Switch for GameStop, and those don't include Super Smash Brothers or Yoshi, because they already have SKU numbers. Exciting times exciting times yes lead up we should be hearing about lots of games some e3 preparation we're really in the 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 hot flame period the 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 oven is preheating if you will no in some in some cases it's preheating in other cases it's uh I'd say it's leaking out the side. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We're, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Another thing we want to talk about is uh, Nintendo has promised that on June 29th, the NES Classic, the highly coveted, very rare thing that I own, <laughs> will be back on shelves. So, I mean, if, if you were interested in getting an NES Classic, you, you remember, what was it, three years, two years ago? When two years ago already? Nobody had them. I think so. No I was way. still in college. Yeah, it's it's wild. It, it's been a long time, but it was like impossible to get one. I was still in college with Matt, and I remember our local GameStop got five of them. I stood outside. I walked outside, got to GameStop at seven o'clock. They gave me a little a little tag, you know, to say, "Hey, you're you know the second person here in line. Go back to your car." And I waited, and I must have seen easily like thirty people come up after the first five of us got tickets, and we had to say sorry they're out so it's exciting for it to be back you okay know? here's here's the thing though it is exciting for it to be back however in a couple months i'm gonna have access to 20 nes games right from my switch oh i agree for people who have a switch and are planning to get the online it's definitely not worth it anymore yeah That's exactly neither here nor there but i will say you know i think this 
this other market they're trying to cater to, you know, people who like maybe played a lot of video games in their childhood. This is this is for them. Like I might pick one. I think I told you this, but I almost try, I was trying to get my dad an NES Classic because he played NES as a kid. I might pick him up an NES Classic. So then he'll have his own. Good. Because be he's awesome. not getting a Switch and paying for online. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Next up, uh, um, for those... Oh. What? Oh, I want to talk about this one. Can I talk uh, about this Go one? for it. Okay. Tyco, which is a company that made... Uh, I think the game was called Tyco Drum Sessions, which is a rhythm game that was on the PS2, I believe. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're right. Okay. So it was like a rhythm game that came with like a little custom controller, which was a drum, and you basically had to like tap to the beat. Of like, you know, songs. And there were simple songs and songs that were like, you know, popular at the time. The Tyco company has announced a drum controller for the Nintendo Switch. It is super cute. It is so funny looking. And it is $68 US if you do the conversion from Japanese yen. There's no confirmation that Tyco is actually making a game. I mean, I assume they're making a game for the Switch. Something has to or be coming, that game the is... fact that this is here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... Here's the thing. I was telling you this. I sent you this one morning and I was like, Matt, the dream of people playing Dark Souls on a plane in like a super hard speed run mode <laughs> using the Tyco drum controller can now be a reality. Yeah, but there's only one drum, right? Like it's not bongos. No, it's not the DK bongos, but it's our modern day DK bongos. So, I mean, I I don't know how you'd be able to play another game with this. It's got like a, a couple buttons on the bottom. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I mean, if a Taiko game comes to the US, sure, I'll try it. I like rhythm games. I just think it's so... Like, if you haven't seen this, go look it up. Because the controller just looks so cute, you know? Yeah, it does it's look tiny cute. and adorable. If, uh, just keep your eye on that for, you know, a Taiko game coming to Switch. But it's adorable. And people will do stupid speedrun things. I'm gonna do it, Matt. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna play through funky mode once the Taiko drum controller comes to the US. And I will play funky mode on the drum. Good luck. I said it right here on uh, on May 16th. Here it is. Maybe we'll do a Let's Play. <laughs> let's Play of me playing with the drums, <laughs> yes. Anyway, moving right along. Um, Okami was talked about in the most recent Direct back in, like, March, I think, right? It, March, wasn't it? More recent? I think it was March. The, the one where we all forgot everything they talked about because it was Smash. Right. That one. Yeah, that one. Uh, Okami is announced for a re- release date in the West of August 9th. So be on the lookout for that one. Yeah, and it, uh, I believe in Japan there will be a special edition and I think a physical release as well, possibly in the US. Yeah, I think I think in Japan it's coming out a little sooner though. Yeah, so keep, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, keep your eye out on Japanese retailers. Yes. Uh, but after that though... E3 preparations are getting hot and spicy. So, first of all, if you are lucky enough to be able to go to E3 this year, bring your Switch, if you have one, because Nintendo will be giving out these special little pins to anyone they see playing the game. Or not the game, but playing the Switch. So, they're encouraging the Switch, and I think that's really cool, not only because you get a little pin, but Nintendo also gets to reward people or is encouraging people to bring their Switch so other people can see them having a great time, having a blast, talking to new people with their Nintendo Switch. And if you happen to get extra pins, um, let us know. <laughs> I- I'll pay for the shipping. Don't get me wrong. I mean, here's the thing. Me and Matt live on the East Coast. We're not going to E3. Yeah, we'll, so, uh, we'll, we'll fight and smash to see who gets to keep a pin. And we'll give you a nice shout out. Yes, we will certainly <laughs> give you a shout out. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, speaking of Smash, if you are going to E3 and you would like to play Smash, you better reserve your time to play Smash right now, or at least get a ticket to play Smash, because there's these weird new rules 
for playing Smash at E3 this year. So you have to reserve a ticket to play Smash at E3 this year, and the way it works is anyone who registers for E3 2018 by May 31st will receive an email from E3 organizers on June 5th with details about how to reserve one electronic ticket to play the game. Uh, this will be available for a limited time for certain time slots. Uh, signing up to play the game ahead of time is mandatory. There will be no on-site registration. Tickets will be in the form of QR code patterns that can be stored on a smartphone or printed out. And for details about the ticketing, you can see Nintendo's E3 page or the E3, the E3 website's Nintendo page also. And reserva reservations will not be taken for any other games at Nintendo's booth, which will be available to play on a first come first serve basis. This is all taken from mynintendonews.com so you can check there also to see this stuff again i think this is awesome i think this is a great idea uh, yeah i do too especially with e3 being available to the public i honestly think that they should do this for all of their games yeah it's like you remember i mean i remember hearing all the e3 news about mario odyssey and the lines being like down the hall it was like seven hours yeah because it was just i mean obviously i mean yeah, I don't care who you are. Of course you want to play the new Mario game. And of course you're going to want to play the new Super Smash Brothers. And I feel like Super Smash Brothers is in an even weirder spot because it's not like Mario where they had that demo, which I think is the same demo they brought to the kiosks to the GameStop and stuff where it was just like the Sand Kingdom. Yes, yes, it was. That was the demo D3. So it was like, it was simple and it was like, okay, you're timed at five minutes. So when your five minutes is up, we reset everything, you know, get out. But like with Smash, there's no, I mean, you know, you could say, okay, you do like three battles or something like that. But yeah, exactly. You know, it's just, it'll be weird regardless. So I'm happy that they have this plan because I think it will mitigate crazy traffic and like you said these like seven hour long lines which you know are stopping people who you know as strange as they are people who don't care about these games from like you know getting through the halls right so now the thing is you get to play the game now first at that certain time spot so you can go and enjoy yourself doing whatever you want for the rest of the event and then you know when to go back just you know make sure you're not in a seven hour line for a different game during your time slot yeah but i mean i i think that this if e3 will remain being open to the public i think this should be like the standard for all of the big games because like if pokemon is there this year just for example and I really want to play Pokemon, and I get in line for Pokemon, and I have to wait three hours, I don't want to be halfway through the line and realize that my time for Smash is not happening. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. I think it's it's interesting because Nintendo's in a weird spot where they, I mean, they happen, They did this, you know, last year, they did it the year before. Their big game, you know, last year was Mario Odyssey, This year, uh, the year before was Breath of the Wild, this year is Smash. All these games were already announced. Like, we knew they were coming. So that puts Nintendo, I think, in a really good spot. Because they're, they're a big game of E3. You know, they know they're going to have long lines because people know what they have. I don't know. I mean, I don't really watch Sony and Nintendo. Uh, I mean, Sony Sony's the same Microsoft, way. Sony but... said their big four games will be there, and we know that's what's going to be there. Which is super exciting, by the way. But What games? Kingdom Hearts and what? No, it's Spider-Man, The Last of Us, Part 2, Days Gone, and... Oh, what's the other one? The one that you don't remember. It's fine. Okay. But those those games will be pretty big, too, so... Yeah, I think that'll be good. You know, we, we should have had a playable Metroid Prime 4 demo last year, where you would go up to the screen, you'd press the start button, it would show that logo, and then it would turn off and say, get to the end of the line. And you know, the sad, the sad part <laughs> is that I feel like that line would be three hours long, you know? When my, roommates, when my roommates and I went to Disney World over our spring break, 
we um one day we went to the magic kingdom really early and we were on the bus at like 5 30 in the morning because they had special hours where people staying at a hotel could get in early and we were on the bus and this little girl was right next to her father and she like runs up to her father all excited and shakes his leg and she goes what are we gonna do first dad and like with the straightest face i've ever seen in the world he goes wait in a line <laughs> and i thought it was the funniest thing i've ever heard in my life <laughs> i mean he ain't wrong i know <laughs> oh gosh okay well moving mm. right along matt you want to take this next one yes uh so if you've heard of the little dragons cafe it is the next game from the moon harvest people where you play as this little kid who is or this little kid and his brother and or sister depending on if you choose the guy or girl avatar but you um run a little restaurant and you also have to go out and tame the dragons and do all of this rpg stuff to gather ingredients and gather materials that you would need to run said restaurant because your mother is dying of a deathly disease and you need to save her by getting enough money in the restaurant yeah this game gets me really excited <laughs> me too i'm actually really excited for this game but there's a special edition for it that will be coming out which is 80 dollars. this will come with a soundtrack it will come with these little trading cards of all the characters and it'll come with your own little plush dragon and this is for switch right this is for switch awesome do we have a release date for this or anything like that um i don't no. think we do yet right i don't think it's, we do i think we just have like summer or something like that yeah i think you're right i'm sure we'll get one by like e3 or something by our luck it will probably be like july 13th yeah right by our luck, they'll probably announce the release date right after this. Just kidding, looked it up. It's coming out August 24th. August 24th? August 24th. Cool. Hold on, let me write that down. August 24th, pre-order special edition of Cute Dragon Game. All right. <laughs> Mike knows We're nothing good. about it, but he's going to pay the $80. I mean, here's the thing. I I've said this before. I know, I don't think I have said this on the podcast. I've said this to you before. I don't like special editions, generally speaking, but the f well, the two times recently that I was like, ah, I don't need a special edition, I kind of kicked myself for it. I, I missed that. I I had the Xenoblade 2 special edition pre-ordered, and then I was like, you know what? I don't need it. <laughs> I, I went to GameStop and changed my pre-order to just the $60 I, version. I remember. And I'm kicking myself for it. I mean, I feel like, Mike, you're not going to get as attached to this game as you did uh, Xenoblade. But, like, I also get that fear because, like, one of my biggest regrets in the gaming, like, industry of all time is not getting the special edition of The Last of Us. I guess. I don't know. Maybe maybe I will, maybe I won't. The fact is I already ordered the Octopath special edition because it comes with a pretty map, and that makes me happy. <laughs> and as much as I don't have the Xenoblade 2 special edition, I have a Xenoblade 2 Pro Controller that I spent too much money on, and that makes me happy. Because every time I turn on my Switch at home, I'm like, ooh, I paid too much money for this controller, <laughs> but I'm the only guy I know who has this controller. That's fair. And it's got the it's got a Pyra's blade on it. And it looks pretty. Wow. And it's pink. It's pretty but cool. Anyway. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, but so that's exciting. Other very strange news. Well, not I mean the rest of the news wasn't strange, but this is strange news, which is that Monster is Hunter's news. movie is going into production starting this September. Which first of all, I guess this was already announced, but I hadn't heard anything about this. Me neither. But uh, this September, it is going into production, and it will be directed by 
Paul W.S. Anderson, who I've never heard of, and produced by Jeremy Bolt, who I've also never heard of. It you will... never heard of Paul W.S. Anderson? What? You never heard of the director? I, I don't know what he did, but I do know his name. No, I've never heard of I mean, I've probably seen things that he's done, but I've, I don't... Like, his name doesn't ring a bell. Um, it'll right. also star Mila Jehovich. I don't know who that Matt, is. We're a video I, game podcast. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's a boy or a girl, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's what's happening with this movie. Um, I don't even like Monster Hunter to begin with, but I do see how it could be a pretty cool movie. Yeah, I mean, the idea of like a Monster Hunter game seems like it would kind of fit into like a simple structure for a movie. Right, and I mean, like, I also has a- it could, like as long as they don't overload this and they just make it a simple like. Like um, a white whale tail kind of movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, something that's not like super, super heavy. Not, yeah, nothing like, too complicated. Is... Like like Warcraft, the World of Warcraft movie was just so overly complicated. But like all this needs to be is like Moby Dick in the Monster Hunter world. You know what I'm saying? Pretty much, yeah. That would, make it uh, to me, that would be pretty and, cool. And, yeah, it, it just make a good, make a good looking movie. I think that's what this is trying to do. Hopefully. I mean, By like, way, hopefully. I've... Uh, I feel so burned after that Tomb Raider movie. Nah, I don't blame you. <laughs> but uh, real fast, um, I was talking to my cousin over uh, the weekend, and he said that I should pick up Monster Hunter Double Cross. So I might look into it. Just mm-hmm. That's or Monster fair. Hunter Ultimate, whatever it's called here in the States. I've gotten Monster right Hunter now. games before, and I just like, I don't, it's not that I don't want to play them. There's just so much there. that I'm like, oh my God. And then I got one on the 3DS, and it just didn't seem that fun to me. Monster Hunter 3 Try or whatever? Um, I think it was Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. Oh, okay. But, well, I have to read more into it, but I'll keep you guys posted, because I guess my opinions on getting Monster Hunter will flip-flop nice. over time. Nice. And now it's time for cool. some rather sad news, which is Nintendo, who normally doesn't comment on rumors to begin with, said that the Splatoon rumor of news on June 9th is a baseless rumor. Yeah, so we're a little bummed. Which we were happy to bring you guys sad, this cool news. But, okay, here's my thing. They didn't outright say no. They said, that's a baseless rumor, as in, there's no, like, apparent place this rumor could have come from. So, I mean, like, maybe Nintendo has something so awesome they're just trying to cover up their tracks. Uh, I don't know. I feel like this late in the game, like, it's, it doesn't really benefit them. No, I, I agree with you. I don't think that's the case. I don't think there's anything. I just like to have a little bit of hope. I think it's a weird date to announce something like this, like, a week before E3. So, yeah, I, I don't think that's actually happening. All right. Moving on, Matt, you want to talk about this? Because I uh, there's some weird stuff going on with retro. That yeah, has come this out is of the news so recently. this is weird. Obviously, everyone knows retro must be cooking up something because they have been quiet since the original Donkey Kong Chuckle Tropical Freeze came out. Like what, 2014? It was 2014. That's what the copyright is. Yeah, it, it was 2014. This game came out in 2014. So like since then, retro has been working it, on since something. Since then, all they've done is they they've ported. They've ported both Donkey Kong Country Return games to other systems, but right. that doesn't take four years. So they've been working on something, and there was a rumor that came out about them working on a racing Star Fox game. Oh, don't get me started on this. <laughs> Do not get me started. If this is true, it's over, Matt. It's not. It is it's over. It's not true. There's no way this is true. I think I I'm willing to bet. It. I'm willing to bet, and I think I saw this, actually, as someone else said this, that they were once working on this, thought... This is stupid, and then stopped. I really hope like, so. Because here's here's my way of logically looking at it, okay? Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze came out 2014. Since then, Retro has to have been working on something. 
Star Fox Zero came out 2016. Nintendo, well, I don't know if they love their Star Fox, but they do think of Star Fox, hopefully, as one of, like, a big franchise. And Star Fox Zero didn't really live up to Star Fox, so I would understand why, after that, Nintendo would be like, we need someone with more, like, trustworthy hands to take on the next Star Fox game to hopefully make it a really good game. Which is why I would understand them giving Star Fox to something like Retro. But... If Star Fox Zero came out in 2016, and Retro, assumedly, has been working on something since 2014, there's that two-year gap where they must have been doing something. So, I don't think that Star Fox Racing, whatever this is, is what they're working on right now. Yeah, I just... My other big thing about this is why, and why, like, I don't think this has as much merit, is that Retro has kind of been, like, Nintendo's place to put, like, IP or games that they want to succeed, they want to do well, but they're having trouble with it. Like, like Metroid, you know, like Metroid has never sold well in Japan, mm-hmm. like it does here in the States. Like it always sells better here. So Retro is an American company. So they're like, why don't we give the next Metroid game to Retro? And then they made three games and they were called Metroid Prime and they were awesome. And I feel like Star Fox now is having some problems, but, like, Star Fox has always, I think, been really close to, like, the Nintendo higher-ups, you know? They've wanted it to be really big. Right, isn't... I, I remember there was a quote or something where Miyamoto wanted it to be, like, Star Wars, essentially. Yeah, he wanted it to be, like, their, like, space opera, like, really important right. game. So I, I think, if anything, like, the, the funny thing is, is, like, as much as I, I joke about, you know, F-Zero for everything, like, I would be much more akin to the idea that Retro is working on an F-Zero game because there's a series that they, you know, Nintendo has stated they're not sure what to do with because they're like, well, we have Mario Kart and we need to make it different from Mario Kart and they're struggling with it. For racing, why don't you sure. give it to an American company? But, like, I also, now that we're thinking about this right now, I think if Retro were to make a Star Fox trilogy of just regular Star Fox games, that could be pretty cool. They would be. Good. As long as it's I not mean, racing. I-, I trust Retro. A lot. Right, and I mean, for all we know, they could they could be working on this, and they could make a really cool Star Fox racing game. Just know that if they are working on a Star Fox racing game, a futuristic Star Fox racing game that could have been an F-Zero game, I am going to personally go to Retro Studios' office and cry. And cry? You're just going to sit there and cry? Just cry. Until security cry. calls you? No, 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 I'm not going in the building. I'm just going to stay on the premises and just go, wah. And you're just going to be there. You're going to... You're, they're gonna know you. They're just like he's out there again. He's a, he's there yep. again, guys. <laughs> but, they're like, should we tell him about the new F Zero game? Nah, no. he'll figure it out. <laughs> but I mean, like, I mean, Reggie has hinted at an F Zero game enough, so I don't think you need to worry about that. I think it will be coming. It, I I'm sure it will come back. It's just you know, like that's like my hope game, right? You know, it's like that and Mario uh, and and like an old style turn based Paper Mario, right? But you know. But, That's I mean, who knows? We'll find that. out. Hey, you know, if anything, maybe Kevin Falcon will be an unlockable character in the Star Fox game. You know, if they do that, <laughs> I think it will hurt even more. I I would imagine it would. but Especially because James McCloud is a playable character in F-Zero GX. <laughs> You've told me about this. I think you talked about it on an episode. Yeah. So, yeah, there but you let's go. Move on. We'll see what happens with that. I promise. I am willing to bet we'll find something out about whatever Retro's working on at E3. Definitely. But, moving on, uh, Sushi Striker has some news. Do you want to talk about this, Mike? Yeah, so there was um, a Nintendo Minute, which is like a cute little thing Nintendo does on their YouTube page, where they have a couple people, you know, 
doing stuff and pl- talking about like the new hotness for a Nintendo game. And they're talking about Sushi Striker on there, and they do a versus match, a couple versus matches, just to show more gameplay. It, from what I understand, it's pretty much what we saw at E3 last year. Yep. But it's running on Switch. So the big thing for me, I just want to point out, is that it doesn't use touchscreen controls on the Switch. I think you can, but you don't have to. Which is a deal breaker for me because I was like, if the Switch game requires touchscreen, I'm not going to buy this game. But you don't need because, to. But you don't. So I'm very happy about this. I so am the also game very looks, happy about this. The game looks really, really fun. And like, I, I, I kind of figured out, like, you know, this is like a Nintendo published game. This like, isn't like, you know, like retro making a game published by Nintendo. This is a Nintendo game, which is why it's probably getting as much, like, I don't know, like, just attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean,. It, lo- it doesn't look like something Nintendo would make, but it looks really kind of fun. And I guess the fact that Nintendo's publishing it makes me more excited. That's kind of where I am, too. It's like, you know, I was already kind of excited about the game when I heard it was actually coming to Switch. Because I was like, wow, you know, they really care about this game. They want it to do well. And then seeing some of the footage, I'm like, oh, it looks like a fun battle puzzle game. That seems cool. Finding out it works with the online for Switch seems pretty cool. And then just like seeing this stuff, it looks... It reminds me a lot of WarioWare, like in like that strange over-the-top comedy yeah. kind of thing it's going for. Like they just put out today a video which is the opening like cinematic with the song, but it ha- it's like a karaoke version. Like it has the words at the bottom like lighting up <laughs> when you're supposed to sing them. Yep. I'm like, this is just so silly. And like, oh god, the story stuff looks so goofy. I I love it. It looks so cheesy anime. Yeah, that's what it really is. It's like it's like the other side of anime, or like you know, Xenoblade Chronicles is one side of the anime spectrum. This is the other side of the anime spectrum, and I love them. This both. very much knows what it is, if that makes sense. Yes. So I, I'd keep your eye out on this. Yeah, you know, go look I'm up really the gameplay if you game. want to. It does look pretty cool. Yeah. Plus, I'm pretty sure it's only pre-ordering for 50 bucks. Like, that's kind of a... And that's, that's a big deal for some people. You know, that $10 can make a difference. Yeah, exactly. Um, But other games that are severely underloved at the current moment, Dylan's <laughs> Dead Heat Breakers got a trailer and a demo in the past week. And this game, to me, I mean, I think Dylan is a pretty cool property to begin with. It only has, like, one game right now, I think. But this game looks really cool it actually was originally like pitched during the direct as a um as a tower defense game but there was so much more to it than that which you can see in the demo because the demo actually doesn't have any tower defense gameplay in it at all it's just basically what the what it was is there's a level where you roll around as dylan and you try to save this truck that has your me in it trying to drive it so it kind of plays like almost like a modern sonic level but fun (laughs) so i would definitely keep your eye out on that especially if you like modern sonic i mean you may disagree with me about if it looks like that or not but to me it plays kind of like modern sonic so okay i mean i'll look into this and i think we you guys should too i i mean matt you put this you you had said to me you want to talk about dylan today and i was like really that game in the direct yeah but i mean if you're looking at it and and you say it's worth a shot to look at i mean i'll take it and i mean the demo is free so you might as well try it yeah for the 3ds there's because there's it does look like there's quite a bit of content in it because there are the um there's these like they're not even straightaways they are curvy they're roads where you have to drive or not even drive you roll around on and you attack things and you beat up things and then there's races and then there are the tower defense segments which are in the trailer but weren't in the demo okay cool 
So there's there's quite a bit of stuff in the game it looks like to sink your teeth into, so I would keep an eye on it. Groovy. All right, this one I'm very excited about. Uh, it's Mario Tennis Aces. So we got a trailer, which is a short one. It's all footage we've seen already. But we have the official news for our pre-tournament for Mario Tennis Aces. So if you didn't see this in the direct, they're having a tournament. It's going to be uh, it's going to start June 1st and go until June 3rd. It is a free tournament. It's like it's like the Test Punch or the um, what was the Splatoon one called? Uh, Test Fire. Test Fire. So it's like you know it's it's kind of testing the servers, but in this game it feels like more. It's just like hey, we want to make a nice interactive demo that you play with other people. So it's it's goes from June 1st to June 3rd, um, and it's just like online play. But it looks like with this game they're doing, and they're doing it with this as well, if you play this and then you end up buying the game, there's an exclusive outfit that you get for a character. So they had implied this in the direct that they were like, hey, you know, um, if you play in tournaments, you might get characters that aren't in the game. They had shown like a silhouette of Koopa Troopa. But in this one, you'll get, if you play it and you buy the game, just regular Mario. So Mario in his overalls and with his regular hat as opposed to his visor and tennis gear. Which, Uh, which opens up the possibility of multiple costumes for characters in this game, which I think is a pretty cool possibility. Yeah, I mean, I really like this this whole concept, because they did the same thing with ARMS. When you play the party crashes, there's, like, exclusive pins that you can get for the character that you play as that you can only get during the party crashes. And in this sense, like, these kinds of things are, like, really only cosmetic, right? Like, if Koopa Troopa is another, you know, they're, like, tricky characters. You know, there's three other tricky characters in the game, and they don't have anything different from one another. Then I don't feel bad about, you know, tying that kind of thing to an event like this. And same thing with arms, you know, they're just, the badges just sit on your thing and say, hey, I played this party crash, basically. Like this because it makes these online events just overall better. Because, like, when you're playing a party crash, you know, you have people who are turning on the game for the first time since the last party crash just to play in it. And then it gives the people who are like, you know, they're still into this game, they still really enjoy this game, you know, a large breadth of people to play against. Mm-hmm. Which is very cool. Yeah, and so it, I just, it, I'm happy about this. The The pre-tournament will have single-player aspects if you want to try that, and it will also be multiplayer. We also got a little bit of news on the adventure mode. Luigi finds the Infinity Gauntlet, but it's a uh, but it's a tennis racket. Yep. So Luigi basically gets captured by this. Like, he picks up this like me- this special legendary racket, and it turns him into Dark Luigi. And that's kind of the story mode. Like Mario goes on an adventure to save Luigi. Did you see it look like there was like a Dark Wario and Dark Waluigi also? Oh yeah, they were definitely there. Which makes sense. Yeah. I, I, it looks, you know, it, the fact is, is they they're they're keep they're continuing to stress story mode, which gets me interested. You know, I mean, yeah, I love I'm games pumped. with like I'd play this game probably without that, but it makes me have like a reason to play this game. I I need a drama worthy of an Oscar, honestly. Okay. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, Wait, I just, one more I, little tidbit on Mario Tennis because uh, yeah, we didn't talk about this prior, but. Did you see there are screenshots that leaked of Shy Guy and Dry Bones? Yes, I did see that. That's very exciting. I don't know if they're secret characters or not, but I'm excited yep, to have some more characters. but they are in the game, so there you go. And I mean, cool. obviously they would be, but... Yeah, but it's nice to Moving right along. Mike wants to talk about Octopath. I do want to talk about Octopath. So we had another trailer, so we got the last two characters. Um, the big thing, I mean, this isn't actually the most important thing, but I want to bring this up. Now we can officially say that if you take all the first letters of the eight travelers' names, they spell out Octopath, and that makes me very happy. <laughs> uh, so real fast, the last two characters, they, they announced who they were. 
um, and their field skill. So one of them is very similar to a field skill that we've already seen. It's like the person can get information from people. They talked about in the last trailer how there's like two different kinds of skills in the field. There's like one kind of skill that always succeeds but might have some kind of cost related to it. And there's another kind of skill that is oh, is um is free to do but isn't always successful. And if you fail it multiple times, it can start causing problems for you, like for your character, like his reputation and stuff. So the first guy can also request info from people and I'm assuming it's the other version of that because there's another character who does the same thing. So probably one always succeeds but has a cost and the other one can go horribly wrong. Uh, and the last character that they announced, uh, and this one I want to po- focus a little bit more on, she's like a cleric and her job or her field skills guide so she can like bring people along with her and like bring them to the places they need to be. So she seems like the side quest generator, right? You know, there's a kid who says, I lost my mom, you can have the kid follow you and you can bring him to his mother. Like that's kind of her power. And then she can also summon those people I think that she's currently traveling with to battle. So her ability seems cool. Um, I like that. And they also kind of tied this into the idea that and and we kind of known this already, like Primrose's the 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 dancer from the demo. Her ability was like to to seduce people and then have them join her in battle. Just yes. basically saying that the, the the eight octopath travelers do have specific battle skills that they can do because of the character they are. So like Primrose has the ability to use basically anyone that she's you know currently seducing as like a summon attack. This healer girl, the cleric, she has a similar battle skill. So someone who's following her currently can be summoned to the battlefield. Just saying that, you know, the characters aren't all the same in battle. It's not like only the field skills matter. So that's cool. And, and the one thing that they did bring up in this trailer that I really wanted to, to put emphasis on is there's a story follow mode, which is basically like you can... any and All the characters that by the end of the game will have joined your party. They, they had said that from the beginning. But you can do the story follow mode to basically see an individual, not the individual you started with, their story thus far, which allows you, if you're willing to read it, you only need to play through the game once, and you can read everyone's storylines along the way. That That's way, boring. Well, it's not boring, it's cool, but I want to play yeah. the game eight times. Don't get me wrong, I, I probably want to play through the game eight times as well, as long as it's good and not, like, 45 hours long. But this right. is really a cool idea, just if, like, you know, like you said, you, you are only going to play it once, or you're going to play it twice, you know, and you pick the two characters that you wanted to follow from the beginning to the end, but you want to learn more about those characters. And that's that's cool to me. Like, I, I think that's a really nice function. My concern with this game was like, well, if it's longer than like, if it's longer than like a 10 hour campaign, most people won't see it through to completion because even if it's 10 hours, that would be 80 hours of playtime to get through all 10 storylines. So this makes me happy. I won't use it, but it makes me happy. This is a very good idea. Um, I'm at the point with this game where like, I haven't looked at everything, but I'm also okay with that because I think this is kind of a game that I would like to just discover as I played it. Yeah, I feel at this point, like, if they put out another trailer, I might not look at it because I'm happy. You know, I, I said I pre-ordered this game. I'm very excited about this game. I'm good. Yeah, exactly. That is the news. Um, Sorry that yeah. our stuff is going on a lot longer than usual this week, but there's a but lot going on. We have a lot on. to talk about. Yeah. It's exciting. And none none too short up this next point, which Mike, can I can I introduce this because I'm really yes. excited? So tell us about our main discussion for the day, Matt. So our main discussion is Pokemon. Pokemon, 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 which started yesterday. Yesterday was Tuesday, May 15th for us. You will see this, and hopefully, I really hope there's not an actual announcement by the time this goes up. So, what happened was yesterday, more prominent 
leaks of uh, the next Pokemon games for Nintendo Switch started to come out, which had originally come out on April 1st, but because they came out on April 1st, people were like, okay, because April Fool's. But now, because more stuff or more information about this came out, people were like, uh-oh. Well, not uh-oh, but oh, this could be real. So, the leaks are, there are new Pokemon games called Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. This, these are remakes for the Switch. Two versions, obviously, Pikachu and Eevee. They're remakes of Pokemon Yellow, which is like the third game in the, the series. Red and Blue, uh, the trainers from the original game, will play a role in the story, but you and your rival will be different trainers. Following Pokemon will return, so your Pokemon will follow you. HMs are still going to be replaced by Pokeride. Onla- there will be an online hub for players. Pokemon Go, the phone game, will be integrated into the game in some way. Catching Pokemon will work like it does in Pokemon Go. Rewards in the game and w- rewards in Go and you will you will get rewards in the game and you'll get rewards in the, in Pokemon Go for linking the two together. There will be a new physical like real life accessory that can be used for both Go and these Switch games. And the announcement should be coming soon. Emily Rogers said it will be coming later this month and the game will come out this year. How about that? Yeah. So this, I mean, Matt and I were, we were obviously talking about this in real time. When he, when I first saw this, I didn't, I was like, whatever. Okay, sure. And then Matt, you saw it and then you sent it to me and I was like, Matt, I'm, I'm not about the leaks. I really just like. Mike doesn't like speculation, but it is my favorite thing in the world. I said to Matt that probably the, the dreams of speculation and leaks died when I was in college and a gentleman told me that the NX was going to be announced pretty much every week for like four months and it was matt that gentleman was me and i was very excited and eventually i was correct <laughs> yes and it was like even our friends who didn't like care about nintendo were like oh my gosh finally matt will stop saying <laughs> it was like this finally is the week. matt can shut up yeah basically um <laughs> but like before we even start i just want to say that it seems like i mean a lot of this stuff as much as like i know i'm i'm very skeptical of leaks even i'm like okay let's take a At, look because like Sarabi yesterday and i did either yeah oh, yesterday yeah? i didn't believe it either but so much has come out since yesterday that i'm like okay this is real yeah it's like Sarabi and bulbapedia are both pokemon news and websites well, we should Bulbapedia's we not a should website, put but... a disclaimer that we do not know for a fact this is real we may think this is real but you should not yes. believe us for, like, anything. What we're saying isn't law. Nintendo and the Pokemon company haven't said a thing. So. Yes. So, real fast. No Nintendo com- confirmation, but, you know, two prominent news sites, Cerebi.net and Bulbapedia.com, which are notorious for not saying anything about apparent leaks or anything like that because they know that there's always fake leaks and stuff like that. Both have posted information about this on their sites because they're like, this might have some weight to it. Also, today, the domain names for Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee were both um, registered by the same company that Nintendo used to register Sun and Moon. So this might be a, th- a real thing. So with all of that... I will I will say, though, Mike, there is a possibility that Nintendo saw those like leaks and rumors and stuff, and just to be sure that other people didn't take... And it could be fake. If it was, Nintendo saw other people, how big this rumor got, and they could have bought that so no one else could buy it, if that makes sense. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, definitely, I definitely still am skeptical. <laughs> but yes, it's very possible that like right. all of this could just be like, 
the best idea of a bunch of people because like this can't be one person but it someone, could be a couple people someone did claim that they made these logos someone claimed that on facebook and said that you could find it on his deviantart page but if you go to his deviantart page you can't find it anywhere see that interests me because that's the same thing that happened with the um with those like starter concept art remember for Incineroar, yes, the CGI, yes. and Primarina. Mm-hmm. So who knows? So with all that, you know, we don't really know or we don't really know, but here are the things that we think why we know yeah. out of the way. What's okay. your opinion on it, Mike? Tell me. My, my, my overall opinion is this sounds good. My detailed opinion is there are some of these things that I'm really not too keen on, but if they do them the right way, I won't care. So I know you're just super excited, right? Are you, are you just super excited, Matt? Mm, no. I'm conflicted. I okay, here's okay. the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Some of this stuff is awesome. Following Pokemon, that's awesome. The idea of Pokemon, let's go Pikachu, let's go Eevee, that like almost rebranding of Pokemon, I think is really cool because they now have a bigger audience thanks to the Switch. And whether you like it or not, thanks to Pokemon Go, they do have a bigger audience. Pokemon Go is a lot bigger right now than most people think it is. And I think that Nintendo understands that, or the Pokemon company understands that, and they need to cater to that. And making a game like this that does have some kind of functionality with Pokemon Go is a good way to do that. I do not think any of the mechanics in Pokemon Go should be put into a main game Pokemon because, I mean, like Niantic has said it themselves, Pokemon Go is a watered-down experience of Pokemon. Why would you make a watered-down experience the main experience? Yes, that was so... I, you just said a lot of things, but I, the one thing real fast that I want to say... Like, like you said, I think the rebranding of Pokemon to have, like, a different name is, is good for, for two reasons. Really, first off, it's the Switch, you know, they get people who are saying, oh, this is a new thing, this is different, and it's like, hey, it has the word Go in it, so Pokemon Go players are like, let me see what this is all about, especially with the Switch being the hybrid system that it is. And also, in the worst case scenario, if this doesn't go well, it's not, you know... Well, there's Pokemon Pikachu version and Pokemon Eevee version, but we don't talk about those. You know what I mean? Right. But like you said, my biggest concern is the idea of bringing Pokemon Go mechanics into this Okay, game. Here's, here's the thing. Before we get super worried about this, is that Niantic themselves have said that the combat system is disappointing and they are changing it in Pokemon Go. So if you're worried about, if anyone is worried about the combat system of Pokemon Go coming to the main games, if the company that made it for Pokemon Go is saying it's bad and they're going to change it, there is no way that they're bringing it into the main game. Oh, absolutely not. So don't worry about that for a second. I feel like the biggest mechanic they would bring from Pokemon Go, and I think... So the big thing for me is that I feel like, and I don't, correct me if I was wrong, but they said catching would be like Pokemon Go. They had like specifically referenced yes, catching as one of the things. but in my opinion, that could mean different things. Yeah, so I want to say real fast what I think that might mean. So in terms of Pokemon Go mechanics, I, I think about it in two parts. There's there's the integration with Pokemon Go, and there's the Pokemon Go mechanics coming to Pokemon. Yes. First thing I want to talk about is Pokemon, mechanic, Pokemon Go mechanics and Pokemon. I think, and this would, if they did this, I'd be okay. Put the Pokemon Go style catching mechanics into the Safari Zone, which is a place where if you haven't played Pokemon Yellow, you can't bring you can't bring Pokemon into the Safari Zone. You go as their trainer and you have I can throw a rock, I can throw food, or I can throw a Pokeball. Which is essentially what you do in Pokemon Go. Exactly. So if like if they bring that kind of mechanic in, yeah, sure. I mean, I hope I don't have to touch my Switch screen because you know how I am about getting grease and stuff on things. Right, I'm but... motion controls. So, yeah. 
So it's like, I-, I could see them doing something like that, and I'd be okay with that. I Obviously, you know, I don't want the combat system, but that's not what I'm thinking. So that's kind of like the first half of it. But the other half of it that I want to say is is integration. And the one thing I really want to bring up for people who are concerned about this, because, like, I see people being like, oh, you know, I don't want to have to download a smartphone app to do all this stuff just so I can play a Pokemon game on the Switch. Two, two big things for that that I want to bring up. First off, like you said, Pokemon Go is owned by Niantic. So they're not going to say, hey, you can't play Pokemon Switch if you don't have this app for this game that we don't technically right. yeah, own. Yeah, that's not going to happen. And then the second part is I want people to take a couple steps back and look at Generation 4 and Generation 5. Because Generation 4 had my favorite accessory, the Pokemon Pedometer. Remember that? Did yep. you play Heart Gold and Soul Silver? I, I had did. that pedometer, and that was great. You know, it was like, listen, it's integration, and for honestly, the Pokemon pedometer would be great. Like, if they're talking about an accessory, bring bring that back. I, I would walk around with a Pokemon pedometer and be like, yeah, I'm trained in my Beedrill, you know. <laughs> Um, my, my, just so you know, in my Pokemon Go Walker right now, there is still a level 100 Beedrill whose name is Jerry Seinfeld. Just quick aside. But the other thing I want to think is, remember the Dream World in Gen 5? Which was like a place you could send a Pokemon and you could yeah. go to the Dream World website. Oh, I loved the and Dream And do stuff World. like that. So I want to bring up these two things because these were both things that were like very much advertised as part of the game when they both came out. Didn't need them at all. But you didn't need them. And they were cool if you were interested, but you really didn't need them. My hope is that they have some kind of thing like that with the accessory and Pokemon Go saying like, hey, you know, maybe let's say, for example, it's like the Pokewalker. Like you can put your guy in your Pokemon into this and he can find maybe items or maybe find new Pokemon that like when you log on to Pokemon Go or when you log on or you turn on your Switch game and like connect to the accessory, it's like, hey, you know, your Beedrill found, you know, four Pokemon during his travels and then you can try to catch them like Safari Zone. Right. Yeah. And I or mean, like, like there that. is a buddy Pokemon in Pokemon Go and maybe you could yeah. make your buddy in the main game your buddy in Pokemon Go. If that yeah, makes I could see like I could see like a lot of things saying, hey, if you play Switch, you get these things in Pokemon Go. I see a lot less of you play this in Pokemon Go, you get, like, all these things that are going to, like, break the game or, like, you won't be able to get in any way if you don't play Pokemon Go and then attach to right. your Pokemon Switch. I see, like, like... there'll be rewards, but... There have... There's been minor integration with Pokemon Go with the main games already. Like, when Sun and Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon came out, you could get a... You could get costumes that were the costumes of the trainers in that game. And when the Halloween event happened, you could get a Mimikyu little beanie which is really cool which i still wear in the game because it's awesome because maybe you but there's been little things like that already and i assume like you could get little bonuses like maybe you could find items in the main game if so- uh, like something similar to pokey pelago happens in this new game maybe you could find items in there that you could transfer over to your pokemon go account yeah i think there's just so many easy ways for them to integrate pokemon go that aren't intrusive And I really have to think that the Pokemon company isn't going to... Like, I want them to change mechanics and do things differently to a point. But I don't think they're going to be like, this is Pokemon Go now. That's not... No, that's not happening. Moving on with that, for me, with the catching Pokemon, there was a screenshot a while ago which people didn't think was real because it essentially looked like it was running in Sun and Moon's engine. It had the same graphics and everything. But it looked like it could be Kanto. And there, the trainer was riding a Lapras, and there was an Eevee on the trainer's head. 
And people are like, that's not real. But now that we have Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, that could very much be real. Yeah, especially because if, if they're doing ride Pokemon as opposed to HM Pokemon. Right, exactly. They give you a Lapras in the game because it's right before you need to use Surf to uh, advance the plot. And they're like, we want to make sure that everyone has a Pokemon that knows Surf. So why don't they give you a Lapras? Exactly. So there's that. In there, in that game, you can clearly see other Pokemon are just out in the wild. There's a Corsola next to the Lapras in the bottom corner of the picture. You can see a Gyarados tail. And all of these Pokemon are just out in the open. So maybe it means, like in Pokemon Go, you see the Pokemon before you encounter it. And you tap it to actively choose to encounter with that Pokemon. Maybe that's what it means where, like, you can just see the Pokemon in the overworld. Yeah, and that would be kind of cool, especially because, like, if you're, you know, if you're trying to find some rare Pokemon, like, it's not, okay, I'm gonna, you know, it's like, if you're looking for a rare Pokemon, then it would be cool instead of, like, running left and then running right and then running left up, it's another Tauros, running left, running light, running left, running right. And then 20 hours later, you're like, oh, there's the Miltank. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's something that's like a little bit more dynamic and then it's also good for that just because i mean there's so many like huge huge patches of grass that are just like kind of unused and this would be cool because then you could like make the grass patches bigger because you actually have to look for a pokemon right and And i'd be okay with that i'm all about immersion and like how real like quote-unquote realistic the game looks and to me one of the most important things is it's like it is my experience, and it feels like I'm doing these things, and having the Pokemon out in the open would just further that. Yeah, I feel like it would definitely make the world feel more alive, especially if we're returning to Kanto, because it's not like Kanto doesn't have a lot going on, Ugh. but it, it was a game that came out in 90, what, 94, 95? Yeah, but no, also, 96, 1996. Will, Kanto will look different. It's inevitable that Kanto will look different. Well, it will, but like, even if you go through the game and you just look, you know, there's not that many buildings in a lot of towns. Like, you know, I mean, Saffron City has a lot going on, but I'm I'm not saying that I'm not saying they're not going to change Kanto. But Kanto's, I also oh yeah, go on. At this point, Kanto is also arguably the smallest region, just because the others have been on bigger, more powerful systems. So I feel like it's going to change or be expanded. Yeah, I could I could see them, you know, remaking. I actually yeah wanted to bring up just the fact that this might be this is apparently a remake of Pokemon Yellow. Pokemon Pokemon Red and Blue are fine length games, but they are on the shorter side of things. I think they have to pad it in some way. You know, like like you said, you know, changing Kanto, maybe making like for example the routes longer, or making more buildings for more side quests for people, right. or you know adding you know some kinds of like you know secret areas or stuff like that that you can access i also think there's a pretty real chance and i'm sure people want this regardless of the idea of us being able to just say hey you know what hop on your lapras use waterfall and there's johto you know yep like the reverse of gold and silver especially if we're returning back to kanto i i i think there'll be a return of all the mechanics and stuff like that but i really just want to see how they're integrating it. Because the last time we went back to Kanto, Fire Red and Leaf Green. Some, I want to go fat through you real fast, Matt. Some of the things that have changed since we were we were in Kanto. Oh, believe time. me, I know. Uh, we had abilities. That was the first, that was the new thing for them when Pokemon had their own abilities. But we've gotten a split of every single type into actually attacks. Because the last time we played this, you know, all normal type attacks were physical. So you wanted to give your Gyarados Hyper Beam. We had no Mega Pokemon. We had no Fairy type. We had a lot less hold items that we got in Gen 5. 
We got more evolutions. We've gotten um, Alolan forms. If they're going to bring that there, I don't imagine they will. But you can't you know. bring the Alolan forms, the Kanto Pokemon to Kanto. Yeah, but they could do something to I mean, integrate you can catch them into them, the game. Sure, somehow, but yeah. But it's just like there's so much that's changed <laughs> since we were in Kanto. Right, but I mean, like, I don't see that as a problem because in that sense, to me, it's just like developing the next region. Yeah, I mean, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm very excited because despite this being like an area that I really love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a game that I've played for, you know, so many years since I was a kid, like, is it's exciting to go back, even as someone who's played the games multiple times, just because, I mean, even for, like, when this first came out, I was like, oh, sweet, we'll finally be able to play Kanto with a physical special split. Like, that's a big deal for me. Right, because, and I, I agree with you. You know, what? Go, yeah. go for it. No, I was just gonna say how much, like, I really like using Hitmonchan. But I played a Nuzlocke challenge in Pokemon Fire Red, and I picked Hitmonchan, and I was like, this is a mistake, because Fire Punch and Ice Punch and Thunder Punch aren't nearly as good as they were in Gen 4, because (laughs) some of them aren't physical attacks. My thing is, I started with Pokemon in the fifth generation, and that's when I really, like, got obsessed with Pokemon. And then I eventually did go back and play at least one game in all of the generations, but I never really, like, had that attachment to Kanto, And at this point in time, I am so sick of Kanto everything, so I am not excited to go to Kanto. I would much prefer a different region. Yeah, I mean, I I get the concern with the people who are like, oh, the Gen 1ers, and like, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm a Gen 1er, I I played, you know, I played Pokemon, I had Pokemon Yellow. Right. You know, but I, I think, I think that bringing it back to Kanto is good for, I mean, first off, like you had said, you know, the influence of Pokemon Go, a lot of the people who are picking up Pokemon Go on their smartphones were people who did play as kids and were like, hey, Pokemon's still cool, let's play it on our phones, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, from a marketing standpoint, it works because they're trying to bring in new people. And then if they do change a lot of mechanics, I think bringing it to a place that we've already been, it's kind of, you know, it's it's a safe bet. You know, like, if they had brought all these different changes and stuff to Alola... A region that, you know, some people liked, I liked it a lot, but a lot of people didn't like Alola. Right. You know, then you're going to be like, well, what didn't work? The mechanics? Or did people just not like the world? So they were just like, no matter what we did, it was going to be bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think bringing it to a place where a lot of people know, and despite, you know, despite, you know, you not being a big fan of Kanto, do you, I mean, which ones did you play? Did you think they were bad games or did you just not like them as no, much as Gen 5? And because it's, that's where it's not even, it's not even bad. I'm just like, I don't want to go backward, if that makes sense. And I'm also just sick of how obsessed other people are with Kanto. It's not that it's bad, I just don't think that it's any better than the others. Like, it's just another one of them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Kanto is the Super Mario Brothers 3 of the series, right? It's the one that everyone can't stop talking about. I guess, but, like, it's also not... Because Super Mario Brothers 3 is, like, the best 2D Mario game. Right? Is it safe to assume that? It's it's if it's not the best, it's definitely up there. Right, and I don't think you can say the same for the original games of Pokemon. I think I, I have to agree with you. I don't know which ones I would pick as my as my favorite Pokemon games. But you do have to actually no, I do know which one I pick right here. Pokemon I know game, which one in you my would opinion. Pick. I know which one which you one would, would pick I, more than which one I would pick. Which one would I pick? Soul Silver and Heart Gold. You are correct. You do have to remember that, you know, like you said, you're not even sure which which generation you'd pick, right? Like, there are generations that I liked less, you know, 7 out of 10, too much water, but... <laughs> it's not bad, like, I would rather hoe in over nothing. Yeah, I, I mean, I like all the games equally, and while I think Heart Gold is my favorite, and then, you know, I think that X and Y is pretty up there, and I think Gen 1's pretty up there, I'm fine with all the generations, 
So I think it's just like, because there's no definitive, this is the best one, we should definitely go back here when we make remakes. I think going back to Gen 1, despite I know your not-so-fondness to it, is fine because it is the one that put Pokemon on the map, right? Like, it is the one that had the most impact because it's the one that had Pokemon turn into a worldwide phenomena. Yeah, exactly. And I, I understand it. But here's another thing for me about going back to Kanto. Sure. Going back to Kanto for this game means there will not be a new region, right? Yes. So it is safe to assume that means there will not be new Pokemon. I would hope so. I I mean... You would hope I, there I, are or I, there are not? No, I'd hope there aren't new Pokemon. There aren't? <laughs> I'm sorry, you don't, Matt. You don't want new Pokemon? No, I'm fine with the Pokemon we have. And I mean... Matt, we have like 800 Pokemon. Let's yeah, not throw I know, like 100 like, more because we just want to. But there's also new types that haven't... Like new type combos that haven't been explored yet. There's a lot of... There's a lot of possibility with new Pokemon and people expect new Pokemon in a new Pokemon game. It also begs the question of... This is the first, quote-unquote, if it is, a new generation without a new region. Is, like, is this Gen 8? Can we, we can officially say this is the next game in the main line of Pokemon, but is this officially Gen 8? I think when you get into that, it's just pedantics. Like, I think, you know, it's it's like when people were complaining about, because we hadn't had Pokemon Z yet, that Sun and Moon was going to be at Generation 6 and a half. And I'm like, no, right. it is the eighth generation of Pokemon games. It's not the eighth generation of Pokemon, I don't think, in that respect. But I think I think that label is kind of irrelevant. I think it is definitely, like you said, it is a new version of the game. Like, you know, I will not be able to open up my 3DS and immediately trade all my Pokemon to this game. So right. I think it is definitely the next step. But I also, I think if they're playing with new mechanics and all this stuff, I imagine that we will get something new, but I don't think it has necessarily... Let me try this one more time. I don't think it necessarily has to be a new generation of Pokemon, because the fact is, is, you know, if you look at Gen 7, what did Gen 7 bring? It brought Z-moves, but that was kind of the only new development that it brought along with a bunch of Pokemon, and people are like, this game is the same as every other game, blah, 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 blah. And while I don't agree with that, I think there's a lot about Gen 7 that's really good. I don't think that, you know, the only draw of a new Pokemon game should just be new Pokemon. I imagine... No, and it's, it's not, but yeah. it's something that I would be excited for. I would imagine we're going to get a couple new Pokemon. Like, even if it's just like, okay, here's two or three new mythical Pokemon, and right. then there's all the rumors going around about, and I don't know if I would like this or not, but the idea that... We're going to get new a new evolution, and then I would imagine we're going to get a new evolution. And then there's people who are running around saying that this timed with all that stuff about Gorochu. Remember, like, the... Uh, did you read these things? Like, the... Yes! If Gorochu did event, like, a fully, of, of, like, appear in this game, that would be cool to me. Yeah, I just... I wouldn't have thought anything about that, but then it's like, now that with all the leaks present, and then you're like, well, it's Eevee, right? Like, the Pokemon right. who has nine evolutions i wouldn't be surprised if they added a new eevee type and if they added a new eevee type then could they add right this, but that would also Gorochu? make I don't the know. pikachu line a four uh, like a a, a four, four stage. pokemon line so i like, could also see them saying that it doesn't evolve from raichu like right it could split. can evolve and especially because of a lowland right pikachu will be competitive no competitive no <laughs> I feel like we, I feel like if they could go back and make a Gorichu, I feel like they would try to make Pikachu competitive. Yeah, I, I've said this to Matt, but I, I firmly believe there is a man at the Pokemon Company desperately, desperately trying to make the Pikachu line competitively viable in like VGC Pokemon and battles. This could be it. This could he be was it. like he he like just hits his head against the wall all day and he's just like, Okay, I got an idea. 
in Gen 3. He's like, I got this idea. We'll make a, an item called the Light Ball that doubles Pikachu's power. That'll make him competitive. No. Okay, we're going to make a new attack called Volt Tackle. It's going to be a really powerful electric type attack. With the Light Ball, it's going to make Pikachu competitive. It didn't. Then they're like, okay, okay, we're going to make Cosplay Pikachu with all these special attacks that only he can get. Not competitive. Okay, we're going to give Pikachu a new Alolan Evolution. Didn't work. Okay, we're going to give Pikachu his own Z-move. We're going to give Alolan Raichu his own Z-move. Didn't work. I'm like, what else do they have? (laughs) I mean, I don't think all of those were attempts of making him competitive, but... No, but I just, I like to play into this fantasy that there's only one guy who's desperately trying and he just can't get it to happen. Uh, But, I mean, yeah, so those are some of my fears. But I do think there will be enough new stuff in this game to warrant, like, this is the next big thing for Pokemon, obviously. I I am very curious to see what happens with those combat mechanic leaks or quote-unquote rumors, which we heard about a long time ago. And Mike and I, by ourselves, had a pretty lengthy discussion on that. But, you know, there was this idea that it's going to move to real time. But, I mean, we won't have a discussion on that until it's, like, actually announced and then maybe we'll talk about it. But, yeah. I wonder, I just, I'm very curious to see how much of that is real and it is not. Because if it does, like, tie into Pokemon Go in some way, then maybe, obviously not as dumbed down as Pokemon Go is, but a more real-time battle system might interest people who play Pokemon Go. Okay, Matt, wrapping this up, what, any any last words you like to say on the subject before we talk about our closing stuff for today? Um, no, I don't think so. I think that when this is eventually announced, we will probably have another lengthy discussion on it. Even if it's not the main discussion in our news, we will probably have a pretty big discussion on this. So I think for now we're, we're good on this topic. Yeah, one thing I'd like to say before we move on is just that if this is true, somewhere Sinnoh cries. I know, I know. But I mean, like, you've got to think that remake is coming eventually. It, it's it's got to show up eventually. So it's just I feel bad for Diamond and Pearl. Just wanted to make sure I say that out loud. Yes. So uh, the last thing we do is our, always our closing stuff for the week. Um, so, Matt, we always like to do a fun fact. So, Matt, what is your fun fact of the week? This week, my fun fact is when you're making mini hot dogs at 11 o'clock at night, always make sure to remember to pan the bottom of the pan. Otherwise, you will have torn up dough for your mini hot dogs, and then you'll just be depressed. I'm sorry, Matt. It was a rough night, but I got through it. Good. My fun fact is also a little uh, a little more down in the dumps. If you are at home and your girlfriend is out of town, make sure that when you put your phone on the charging dock at night, it's actually charging. Otherwise, your alarms won't go off in the morning, and you'll be running around like a lunatic trying to get your train on time, because that was me this morning. <laughs> Way to go. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, that's our show for the week. Um, our intro was made by Rick's Record. He's on SoundCloud. Awesome guy. He was willing to make this for us, and I just want to make sure that he knows that he is awesome, and you guys should know that he is also awesome. And you can also contact us at pinkgoldpeeps at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at pinkgoldpeeps, and I my personal Twitter is at cento says, that's C-C-E-N-T-O says. And Matt's personal Twitter is is the Pink Gold Peeps Twitter because Matt is terrified of Twitter because he believes that if he decides to finally make a Twitter account the first time he tweets, he will be attacked by a huge hawk and then the hawk will take him away where he can't play video games anymore. So that is why Matt doesn't have Twitter. 
And then I'll be forced to control the Hawks Twitter. You can't forget yes. that part. Sad Hawk Twitter. I don't want to run a Hawks Twitter. I'm not qualified. No, you're not. I'm not a bird. I don't get it. But yes, that is that's it. That is our show for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, what could be possibilities? Good night, everybody. Ciao.